Welcome to episode 109 of The Space In Between, and today I have, again, one of my dear friends, Anthony Johnson, back, and he gets very comfortable here in Nomadland. You'll find out what that means in just a moment, uh, but yeah, and we talk a bit about the about this idea of imposter syndrome and fitting in versus belonging. It was such an interesting conversation. Every time I sit with him, there's he sheds new light on on a perspective that that uh, that gives me gives me pause, and I love it. So before we get to Anthony, couple things happening in Nomadland. This Wednesday, March 3rd, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we kick off our monthly gatherings. It will be this month's theme is dig into spiritual practices to rise beyond spiritual bypassing. So we're going to talk a lot about that and give you some practical tools so that you can stay grounded in your spiritual path. And it'll be an interesting, interesting month. We also have my Dig Into Movement ceremony on March 14th. That's a Sunday from 11 to 1 p.m. So would love to see your beautiful face and join our community this month. And uh, yeah, you can join our community membership. You can also dive into the online course, Who Are You Becoming? We're starting our live calls this month. So you can do the self-paced course on its own, or you can join as well with me and a group of people of lovely becomers. Uh, go ahead over to visit Nomad Always at Home and learn all about both of these offerings. And now let's go ahead and sit with Anthony. Okay. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Space In Between podcast. We're doing this a little different this time, obviously. Usually you get to start with Phoebe <laughs> introducing, opening up. But, you know, this is our third time doing this, um, me and Phoebe, and we decided that, you know, we would do it a little bit different. So here I am introducing the podcast, me and Phoebe chatting again. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. So today we decided we're going to talk about, you know, we've been talking about this process of writing our books and, and, you know, the hurdles and barriers and all the things that come along with writing. And, you know, today we decided we're going to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome um, and how that affects us and how, how we write and, and, you know, where we fit in and all those things. Um, how are you feeling today? Me? I'm doing well. I love Great. it. You're just a natural podcaster, interviewer. I love it. Okay. We're in well, it. Yeah, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I'm excited to see where this goes because you and I have had these little bit of conversations offline in mm-hmm. various ways. And now we're going to bring it to to our community here that is going to listen right, and right. contribute too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I mean, I guess let's let's get right into it. You, yeah, you you sent me that you sent me an article earlier, and you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to read it, but it was talking about imposter syndrome, and and it was speaking to about women specifically. Yeah, um, I kind of want you to talk about that, you know, since obviously you're a woman, yeah, and like how we should stop telling women they have imposter syndrome. Yeah. So it was interesting. Now I feel like I need to pull up some quotes and do more research. But um, it was it was based on this idea of well, it was a study that was done in 1978, and it was really focused on high achieving women 
back at that time. And now if you can think about it, and you and I were not really around then, I mean, I I was just a little baby, but um, women in the workforce was still a relatively new idea. And then to have this idea that they were high achieving women in the workforce, um, yeah, they, they had this it was basically imposed upon them that if they were in this high achieving role, that th- they didn't really deserve it. So um, it was talking about you know that study specifically, but how it has been more specific to women, and and really it transformed the article transform into women of, women of color, uh, and mm. how if we're ever in this position of of it being a high achiever, how we must have to kind of question ourselves with the contrast of it being male specifically to white males who have been in the workforce. And we're talking more like corporate America, nine to five jobs, um, and how it's just such a male dominant workforce and specifically white males. And so they have this idea of they can be confident, but anybody else who is not them um, has to send somewhat question their, their authority and how they, you know, are showing up in the workforce. So I thought it was interesting because, um, well, one, you and I had talked about it a couple of weeks ago in our conversation, which we'll get to. And then yesterday, yeah, yesterday I was hosting my nomad teachers group and a lot of them were feeling, they were calling themselves, you know, I feel like I have imposter syndrome and I just thought, oh, this is so interesting. And then, uh, Amy Getzmeyer, who's a nomad teacher, she posted that article in our group yesterday to just, you know, have that continue that conversation. So I read it this morning and I sent it to you and it was quite interesting in one way. I mean, just the idea of it, but I've never been in the workforce. So I'm sort of like, well, why do I specifically feel that I have this imposter syndrome? Um, and especially the community that I, you know, I'm a part of, of, um, yogis who really probably haven't been in the quote unquote workforce and why did they feel that they also have this imposter syndrome so it definitely is beyond what this article was saying it was just really focusing on a specific group in um in the nine to five kind of world but i think that it's it's really everywhere that right now and you and i even talked about that and you don't fall under the need that category of <laughs> a woman in the workforce and you have said that you kind of Play, played around with questioning your authority in some way. So I just thought, let's let's explore this and squash that belief for at least the two of us today. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, um, I think some people, it can be overlooked a little bit that, you know, especially with everything going on right now, a lot of things um, are about race right now. We're we talking yeah. about, you know, especially since, since George Floyd and a lot of people are talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion and race in America, that people seem to overlook that women have always been a marginalized group of people as well. So, you know, if you're, if we're talking about race and we're talking about women in marginalized groups, then, you know, like I said, people tend to overlook that, that, that even when, you know, they gave black people the, the right to vote, they gave black men the right to vote first mm-hmm. and not black women. Yeah. So, so even when they were, we were trying to make improvement improvements with race relations, women were still marginalized in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like they were, they were, so there's, there's effects, there's residual effects that come with that. Um, so maybe that has something to do with, you know, maybe women in particular, feeling that way, having that imposter syndrome because they, for so long, they've been told that you belong in the home, you, you're supposed to be taking care of kids. You're, 
Now, so yeah. you don't belong in the work in the workplace. Yeah, uh, you know. So I think that's overlooked a lot because we, there's so much going on with race and all that. Yeah, we got to account. Yeah, and I think that you know, I was, I I want to talk a little bit more about how maybe you and I specifically, and so maybe our own personal stories could reflect upon whoever's listening here today, whether they are a white woman yoga teacher or a black man out there doing the life coaching, they're going to still feel their own story within it. But I'm curious to know kind of where you sit in terms of this idea of imposter syndrome and um, how you work through it, if you are working through it. Um, I feel like, you know, even in certain groups that I've been a part of, like we talked about, not really feeling like you necessarily belong. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the West Virginia, I was in the West Virginia National Guard for, you know, 17 plus years. And, you know, in the West Virginia Guard, is the West Virginia Guard is predominantly white, male. And, and, you know, just feeling like, you know, always wondering how people saw you or how people viewed you and, and you know, do I fit into this category or this group? And do I have to perform at a higher, you know, even feeling like there was more pressure on you to perform at a higher level mm-hmm. um, than your peers. And, you know, it, it reminds me of something like one of my clients, one of my coaching clients, she was in our first, very first coaching call. She would say, she mentioned it multiple times. She said, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where I fit in. You know, just trying to figure out where I fit in. And, and I'm like, man, I think maybe the next day I saw something, a quote that said, you know, something about why are you trying to fit in when I was, when you were born to stand out. I just got chills. And, and I feel like that's, that, that's something that we have to consider and we have to keep in our minds that it's not necessarily about fitting in. Mm -hmm. So, so if I am meant to stand out and I am, you know, we're talking about, you know, it's very about being your authentic self. If you are being your authentic self, and uh, that's one of the things that keeps me, that helps me with that quote unquote imposter syndrome yeah. is that when I'm being myself, it's who I was meant to be. Yeah. Right? I was meant, if I don't fit in here, then I don't, I'm not meant to fit in here. Yeah. I'm meant to, I've, I was meant to bring whatever I have to this place or to this organization or to this group. So, um, because when you do that, right, I got, you can, you become like this, um, it becomes contagious. And because there is a, you, what you don't, what you don't realize is that even if I'm the only black male in a group of all white men or, uh, that, there's somebody also in that group that may be feeling imposter syndrome, like they don't fit in mm-hmm. for a different reason. Yeah. And then if I can show them that I'm okay with, I'm comfortable being myself. They just encourage them to do the same thing. So it's, it's, there's so much value after seeing how much value is in it. Right. That's something that helps me keep, keep pushing past it. You know? Yeah. It's interesting because you said the word fit in, but we also started with the belong. And I think that those are two different things. So I want to I want to look at that, too, for both of us, because I think you, you're nodding your head and you you agree too, right. So fitting in versus belonging. Um, what does that mean for you? 
those two words? Well, fitting in, I think, is more of something that you feel internally. Like, do I fit in here? It's it's, it's all in your mm-hmm. head. Okay. And, you know, and this is just like off the cuff, right? I didn't, you know, I haven't thought about this before. But <laughs> when I think about belonging, it's about how the group treats you. Mm. All right. So do I belong here? Um, and you could say it to yourself, right? You, you can You can tell yourself all you want that, you know what? I belong here. Right. But if you're not being treated like you belong there, then you may still never really feel that way, like completely yeah. like it. So so whenever you are injected into any type of group or community, it is on the it is the responsibility of that group to make you feel a sense of belonging. Right. If you want to if you want everything to 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 run as smoothly as, as possible, um, Belonging is a sense of like, hey, you des- we t- we let us letting you know that you deserve to be here mm-hmm. and that we welcome you here and that we welcome your opinions and we welcome your perspective and we welcome all everything that you bring that's different than what we had, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's more. I think that's what belonging is about. Um, it's, it's half and half about how you feel and how people accept you into the the group or community that you are part of. Okay. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it's just interesting. Every time I talk with you, um, I always feel like there's a big shift in perspective because uh, the way that you said fit in versus belonging, I almost have it flipped, but we're saying the same thing. So mm-hmm. the fit in, um, you said it was internal, like this internal, and I can see what you're saying, like the internal dialogue. But for me, I felt like it was so external. The way that I thought of it was so external of how I'm fitting into something that's outside of myself. But then belonging for me is more internal experience of just being at ease within the within a space of a group. So, but we're saying the same thing. It's just the flip of the perspective of internal versus external, how we're seeing the internal versus external. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And I, I think there's... But there are, I do think there are, there's both elements to each side. There's yeah. the internal and the external yeah. um, who, um, fitting in and belonging. It's about, like, hey, how, how do I feel about myself? Yeah. And what, what is my, what, are, you know, what, what am I saying to myself? Yeah. And also how am I being treated, yeah. um, you know, within this group and, and the messages that I'm receiving? Yeah. So, I think when I... I'm trying to like now detangle from your point of view so I could really be clear with how I have seen it before because now I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can see it from your perspective so clearly. But yeah, whenever I've thought about fitting in was very much what you were saying, but it was it was this kind of not in a balance. It's like I have to prove to myself and to others that I fit in. But then belonging mm-hmm. is, is it first comes within. Oh, I belong within myself. So wherever mm-hmm. I go, there's going to be that reciprocal relationship because I know I belong here being me as Phoebe and I'll belong yeah. wherever it is that I step into, into that group. So um, mm-hmm. I can belong, you know, in talking with you right now and then I can go belong and talk to my 88 year old grandmother and I can, you know, I can have these conversations with all different types of people 
different ages, different races, different sexes, different cultures, but it comes from that space of I belong within myself. So then I will, I will exude that and belong with wherever who with whoever I'm at. So it's just I love I love how whatever you and I chat that there's like just this little shift of um perception and I love it so much that you turn that light on for me. Uh I think we you know we do that for each other, you know, yeah. through this dialogue. Yeah. And and I think that when it comes to I've never been the type of person that felt like never really felt like I had to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, I never really cared about fitting in. Yeah. But when it comes to belonging, you know, I think there, there's another side of that too. Like I can, I can make a decision based on where I'm at um, and what I've seen from a, from, from a group of people, whether or not I belong here. Yeah. Right? Like I can say to myself, you know what? I don't belong here. Yeah. Right? Like even as much as I, as much as I want to say like speaking ideals and say, you know what? Yeah, I belong here. Yeah. Right. If I can be I can make that decision for myself. Yeah. Um and be like, I don't belong here. Yeah. I need to I need, it's time for me to move on from here. Yeah. And I don't um, want to belong here. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to belong here. <laughs> like so so there, there and you know that can we can go down a, a completely um other rabbit hole with that as far as like how you get to that space. And, you know, being able to make that decision for yourself, because there's a lot that goes into that as well. Yeah. Uh, you you got to really be in tune with yourself to make that decision. And be like, you know what? I don't belong here and I don't want to belong here. <laughs> yeah. See, and it's interesting. We could go down the little bit of a rabbit hole that you and I started to talk about the other day of um, you. If you don't mind sharing, you had said something to me when you were on the phone. You know what I'm alluding to? When we about, were when you were driving, and you were um, talking about how you belonged, I just would. I'm just say. I'm. I could say it, but I am also just leading for you to say it if you want to say it. <laughs> um, are you talking about? Um, I think I know what you're talking about. You go ahead and say it. It's just so I don't. Well, you were just like, it. man. I just really like being around my black friends, and I was like. <laughs> And I was like, were you, I was like, I totally get that. And you were just saying like, you don't have to like, you weren't, it wasn't that you weren't being authentic because you said like oh. living in West Virginia. And I was like, I totally get that, but I don't get that. So could you explain, I know what you're saying, but could you talk to that? And then I'll respond to what I was saying to you. You know, there's something about, just you know i'm from buffalo new york and i grew up in a neighborhood where that was predominantly black and you know then coming to west virginia yep which is probably you know white right so and there's nothing wrong with that no but like when you when you you know just you have to put yourself in that in somebody else's shoes about like look if i'm always the minority in the situation like there's some sense of uncomfortability that, that comes with that. Yeah. And you're like, man, once you get back around your people, <laughs> like your yeah. people, you're like, man, yeah. it just feels good to be around my people. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's not just with, um, you know, it's not just when it comes to race. Mm-hmm. All right. That can, that I think, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like you could say, you know, even if you, if you've been, if you've gone away for a while to school 
and you went back home and you're like, hey, I'm back home around my, my friends that mm-hmm. I grew up with or, you know, or if it's a certain religion or cultural thing that you that that yeah. you're used to and you're not you haven't been you've been away from that for a while and you come back to it. And you're like, man, I just man, I love being back around my culture. Yeah. And um, so it it. it it can it can mean a lot of different things. I think everybody can can relate to that in some sense. Yeah, so that's why I really appreciated it because it got me thinking about that because I thought, wow, well, who are my people? And I thought, well, I've never really felt, and this is the coming to the belonging, is like I never felt, like I knew that I could fit in into a lot of different groups when I was growing up. You know, I was definitely you know, very positive person was, you know, I don't necessarily think that I was a popular girl, but I knew how to like jump around into different groups and people usually accepted me within whatever, you know, different groups of people. Um, But I never really felt like I belonged. And that's what this whole journey and this conversation is, is about, you know, finding that I belong first within myself and then, okay, now who are my people are? And, and then I kind of made a joke with you and I was like, well, I don't ever feel like I belong with white yogis, like white girl yogis. I I actually kind of like cringe a little bit because I like to be, because what I grew up with was diversity. I was so grateful that I grew up with so many different cultures and different races. And a lot of my friends were actually guys And so I never really felt comfortable with like just hanging out with like white girls because they tend to be a little bit catty. And even in my dance community, I first danced in like a predominantly white dance company and never felt accepted. But then I danced in like a predominantly black community and I felt so much more accepted and they really embraced, you know, who I was for who I was. And there wasn't this cattiness that I had in the other company. So it's just been funny to have you have, we have, we had that dialogue and it really got me thinking like, well, where do I feel comfortable? Where do I feel I belong? And, um, I don't know, I'm still figuring that out, I guess. <laughs> but I think it comes from that within, you know, a first feeling comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. For all of us, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important to like you. You have to like how do you, if you don't? I mean, because if you if you're not comfortable in your own skin, like you don't even know, you know, you don't even feel a sense of belonging within yourself. Yeah. So how can you, or how can you belong or fit in anywhere? Yeah. Um. So that's gonna be tough, and you know, finding that finding your identity. Yeah. Like, what is my identity? Like, who am I? And that's like a, I was thinking about that this morning, actually. It's funny. Um, before I went on a run, and I was going to post something about it, actually. And because when I go for a run, I don't, um, a lot of people, when they go for a run, they listen to music, All right, They got their headphones in. And I don't listen to music when I run. I like to be, and this happened by accident, right? I, I was in, um, Mississippi and I lost my headphones and I had to run, you know, for a little while. I had to re- return my rental car and I left my headphones in them. And so I went for a run on the beach and um, without my headphones and it was the most blissful thing um, and experience. You know, I had, I'm sure I had to do with the atmosphere of the beach too, but I was just able to be with my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are afraid to be with their own thoughts. Because they're afraid of what they might say to themselves. Mm. They're afraid of what's going on in their own mind. And 
like when you're with your own thoughts, you can really, you really get the opportunity to discover who you are. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and not judge yourself for what you're thinking. And, and when you can do all those things, you're like, all right, you get this sense of self-discovery. Like, what am I thinking? Like, what am I, what, what's consistently on my mind? What's bothering me? What am I happy about? Like, and you're really just deliberate about letting your mind just go. Yeah. You know, unimpeded. And that's what I get to do when I run. Yeah. So I like I challenge anybody to if you don't already have like a meditation practice, if you're a runner or something like that, and every now and then go for a run without outside noise. Yeah. Right? Without the, without music or something like that. And just be with your own thoughts. I love that and, you oh sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna Oh no, I just I love that you said that because I I am so, I'm all alone a lot and I go into a lot of meditation through my dance. So dance is always my sort of meditation or therapy, even as a child. And um, I think that's, it's again, just a little bit of a shift in perspective of what you just said of people are scared to be alone with their thoughts. And I am, I am so used to being at alone with myself, with my thoughts, with with this whole experience of being very internal. So when I go to the outer world, sometimes I'm sort of like, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming out here. Oh my gosh, this is what other people say and think. So I actually have kind of that flip. And so this is actually the other conversation I wanted to have with you too, is you know, I what really put it together for myself was this book, it's called, and I'll send it to you, but um, it's called The dharma types it's the five i think it's five dharma types and it's dharma means purpose in sanskrit so it's these different archetypes that you can kind of identify with to fulfill your purpose so uh, i took the quiz there's a quiz at the beginning and it was i was the outsider and i was and as soon as i read about the outsider i said oh my gosh this is exactly who i am i feel like i belong because i and there's a couple of different um, variations of an outsider. So one is exactly what I described earlier to you of, you know, you can morph into all these different, different, either different groups or different archetypes and, you know, can do what you need to do in order to fit into society, but you're always somewhat removed and looking back at more of an expanded awareness. And and so taking that step back. And then there's another version of an outsider who's like the hermit who never starts to, you know, integrate into society. They're just sort of out there and they kind of look like that recluse is like, you know, no one can connect with them. So I'm sort of this this outsider that can morph and go in and fit in, quote unquote. But I'm always sort of pulled back and removed and, and looking at things from a broader, wider, more collective experience and so it's sometimes it is a give it's a hard time because you're always dancing between those and you're sort of like wait which what am i (laughs) who am i so um i'm with my thoughts a lot i'm with that inner inner dialogue that you spoke to that some people have a hard time with and that's where my like that's where my jam is like that's where i feel safe and feel that i belong so i love that that kind of again shift of perspective from your side so you talked about being on like on the inside and on the outside and like you know wondering who am i right like yeah do you feel like you do you see any advantage to that if you come to terms with that like maybe that i'm i'm both 
and is there an advantage to, to that for you? Definitely. Now that as soon as I read that book, it, it turned the light on and it, and it gave me permission to understand that I can go between the two because before, and I don't ever want to, I've never, ever been like an inside the box kind of girl, (laughs) you know, as soon as I grew up in like a suburban, you know, DC area, I was right away trying to plan my escape. Like I'm going to go to live in New York city. I'm going to be a dancer. Like I never followed the, the route that all my other friends were like planning to go to Ivy league schools and da, 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 and live in these different corporate jobs. So, um, so I always sort of question like, why am I different? Um, but in just a way of being curious, not like as a way of judging myself, but just being curious. But there were times like, oh my gosh, it would be so much easier if, if I could just, you know, do the nine to five job or do that, that track that everybody does is get married and have kids. But I always knew that that wasn't my path. So as soon as I read that book, it gave me permission to be who I am. And that dance between in and out, like you just said, uh, I felt so more at ease with it. I felt so much more at ease of and claiming it for myself and feeling that belonging as we were yeah. talking about before. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, you know, as we're talking about these things and, you know, the the idea that behind this, and as we always go back to why we're doing this, is how it relates to what we're doing when we, when it comes to writing our books. Yeah. So, so can you speak to that? Speak to that about how uh, you know this whole imposter syndrome, or like figuring yeah. out who I am, um, played a role in how you write and and what you decide to write, and what you know the audience you're speaking to, and all those things. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think we touched on this in the last the last time we talked for the podcast. Um, mine is a little bit more of my personal story, and I'm telling a lot of a lot of things that I haven't ever even spoke to people who are very close to me, like my mom or my grandmother. Uh, so I'm revealing a lot about myself in this book, and so it's not so much. There's a little bit of imposter syndrome in, I mean, because it's my story, so I'm not like an imposter of my own story, but there's also me, you know, teaching these somatic practices that I, 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 I use to help, you know, recover from various, you know, traumas and anxieties and, and things throughout my life and grief. Um, so that part, I felt like a little bit of the imposter syndrome, like, oh, who am I to say this? I didn't get my, you know, PhD in psychology or somatic therapy, but they are practical tools that I have used and they have helped me transform into the person that I am now. And I think that I have a pretty good, awesome person. Uh, so, um, there was a little bit of that conversation, but the most anxiety that I've had about writing right now is because of that such that personal story and I'm putting so much of myself and being super vulnerable and it's sort of like what if I just dump my entire like my entire existence into this book and nobody cares and that is where it's the oof okay um that conversation kind of comes in it's not that I'm an imposter for my life, but of my life, but it's more of just that acceptance of, 
of who I am in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> yeah, that was, it was, you know, to hear you say that out loud, to be like, you know, what if I, you know, I pour everything into this book and nobody cares? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to, I have to trust that um, somebody's going to care. Like somebody's going to read your book and somebody's going to be affected by it. Yeah. And um and how um like to say how I talked about earlier how being yourself is contagious, that there's residual effects to that, to some to one person being like reading your book and it potentially changing their lives. Yeah. Right? And and this person has a family and because of the reading your book that changed this one person's life. Yeah. It changed their family's lives. And then the people that their family interact with is and, yeah. and you don't even you don't even know the potential that just one person. Yeah. Like if like one person yeah, and, and and for me, when I think about that part of it, for me it's enough. It's enough of a reason to keep writing. Yeah. Right. Um because just I've affected maybe I've affected one person, but the potential how even just affecting one could have and how many it could affect. Yeah, that's why I keep you around because you remind me of that. <laughs> You're one of my healthy resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, because I've thought about that. You know, I've yeah. thought about you know if I write this book and it just like it flops and and then I have to think of the reason why I'm writing it am I writing it because I want to be a New York Times bestseller or or why I have to think about why I do everything that I do Mm -hmm. Um, or am I doing it because I genuinely hope that it touches somebody's life and and that whether it's a whether it gets nationally recognized or not and if it affects somebody's life then that's what I'm in this business for. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. I love that you brought it back down to last week. The last time we talked was the why you write, um, the value and the why and, um, why, so why are you, so what is your why right now? Where are you at in your process and feeling where you want it, like, has it changed at all? Has the why changed? That's what I guess I'm trying to ask. The why hasn't changed. Okay. Um, you know, my why is, is at a, at a basic level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same as a lot of other people, right? Like I want to build, like I want to break generational curses and like, yeah. you know, I want to, uh, you know, be able to find ways to help my family and support my family. And I also want to like people that experienced that didn't have, like I didn't have a mentor growing up. I didn't have, you know, I was kind of learning about trial and error, me and my friends, you know? Yeah. And so, and if I could have had somebody like guiding me through certain things at, at, at different points in my life that had already been through it, thinking about how much further I could be right now and how some of the mistakes that I could have avoided and being able to do that for somebody else is just such a, I feel like such a gift. And if I can do that, I want to. So that's part of my why. Yeah. And, and also 
just like we talked about, not necessarily fitting into certain groups or, you know, right? Like, I don't want to fit in anywhere. I want to, I just, I want to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to, and I want to show anybody who's listening or watching how much value is in that. Right? Mm-hmm. To just being you and, and, and being, living your authentic life and, and chasing after what you, you, you love and, pa- and are passionate about things like that. And, and how much value can add to your life? Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to work for anybody. More yeah. And I want to. And I want to give that lesson to my to my children and anybody who 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 comes into contact with me. So those are some of my whys. Those are great whys. <laughs> what about you? My why has changed. Because I, as I shared before, the why four years ago when I first started writing, it was just to get the story out because it was, it was more of a therapy for myself, uh, trying to figure out why my life happened the way that it happened. And now that I put it on the shelf, took some time, did more healing, because when I wrote that four years ago, it was still raw. I was still going through, you know, even though it was probably three or four years after my dad died and the divorce um, and like all of the other stuff before it, uh, I still didn't, I was still in it. I was still in it and recovering from it. But now I feel that I'm on the other side of that. And when I sat this time, I said, I really want to be clear of, you know, why am I doing this? And, and it's just what you said before, even if it's just affecting one person where they're sitting and thinking, why is my life the way that it is? (laughs) Um, I I'm hoping that my story can help them see their why, why, why are, why are they being put on this path? Right. Because I think sometimes we make the choice to be on a path of transformation. And sometimes the universe puts us on the path and it starts with a lot of, uh, challenges. Yeah. A lot of obstacles. And, and that's, I feel was, was the way I was pulled into it. Uh, and so I want to, I want to inspire people if they're feeling like they're in the space in between, uh, that they have tools and resources that they can use because I have this story, but then I have, you know, actual practical tools that they can use to get over certain ways of manifesting emotions that, you know, that come up during these trials and tribulations, but then also to celebrate themselves, Right, the joy, the gratitude, feeling connected, feeling more confident in themselves, and and really enhance that and and support them through that. So, I I guess I'm I'm writing it for all of those other outsiders or all all of those other people who feel challenged in their life and um, don't feel that they have a voice and or don't know how to connect with their voice. And my yeah. hope is that I can be that voice to inspire them and empower them uh, in some way. So that's my why. Yeah, also great whys. Like, yeah, that's why we do what we do, right? Yeah. And, and that's why we're going to keep writing. Yep. And I look forward to it. I look forward to both of us coming to the completion of the, of these books 
and like you know being able to hold the books in our hands. Like, I know. We're gonna have um, pictures of both of us holding our books. When do you have it? Yeah, we did it. So I want to have it by the end of this year. I would love to have a copy in the by the end of this year. Yeah, me too. So me too. yes. Me too. So December 2021, we will have a photo on social media and say, look at us now. Um, so where are you in your process? What's going on? Um, you know, not much different than, you know, maybe the last time we talked about it. I'm just, I'm being, trying to be very patient with myself as a writer mm-hmm. and, and not too critical during the creative process. All right, so I'm just just writing, and and um, you know, being I mentioned this before, you know, not trying to edit too much in the process because yeah. that slows me down. Yeah, and that limits my my creativity and and, and just let the ability to let things flow. All right, so boom, just tell your story, get your message out there, then you can edit it and do that, do those things later. So, you know, just one step at a time, one step at a time, um, and not trying to focus on like, oh man, uh, it's, a, it's a, it feels like it's so far to finish line or anything like that. It's just one paragraph, one sentence, yeah. just at a time, and that's that's that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. I like it. Being gentle with yourself well, is good. You know, I haven't, I haven't um, been able to write as much as I wanted to the past week or so, just because of other work has come up. Um, but I'm being gentle with myself. I had this in my head, um, a goal to finish what I'm calling the negative emotions part by the time, like by next week, and it's just not going to happen. And I still have, I want to finish the first draft by April 10th, which is my birthday. Um, But I don't, I'm okay. Like, I still think it will happen, but I'm okay with where I'm at. Even though I had these little tiny, you know, milestones where I wanted to hit, I haven't done it yet. And that's okay. But, you know, last night I, I had taken most of the day off to see my mom who I hadn't seen in a little while. And I came home and I felt a little motivated. And even though I wasn't planning on writing, I ended up doing a little typing. And then I looked at the time and I thought, I'm going to put a boundary here, even though I could have gone into manic, you know, Phoebe mode and typed um, because I had handwritten something for a while, like a few days before. I thought, no, you know what? It's okay. Like you don't have to push yourself in this way um, just for the sake of that, that little milestone that you had that milestone marker, you're going to get it done. Yeah. And so I'm being gentle with myself too there. Um, yeah. And it feels good. I, I want, I think that it's important for us that we feel good because that's going to translate into the words that we choose and the energy behind it for when that person sits down to read it. You know, I, there's like, um, I'm trying to remember how I think my ex-husband used to talk about like if I ate, if I made a food when I made a dinner that I was angry he would always say like I could I could see you were angry today and, he, and we would joke mm-hmm. about it um, and and that's true like if we're not in that good energetic space um, 
where, yeah, it, if we're just forcing ourselves to for, you know, to get it done, I don't think that it'll be our best, you know, our most creative, um, inspiring work. So that's why I'm sitting in that space of making sure it comes from a place of joy, even if it is a challenging chapter to write about shame and guilt. That's what I'm writing about right now. I want to be in that yeah. space of joy. So enjoy like the process. That. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I was I was listening to um, Robert Downey Jr. yesterday on the Joe Rogan when he was on one time he was on a Joe Rogan podcast. And okay. He was just talking about you know, it just reminded what you were saying reminded me of it and you know, in this in this world of entrepreneurship, you know, people are talking about you gotta you gotta grind, you gotta grind, you gotta mm-hmm. hustle, you gotta work. And Everybody's talking about that, and a small percentage of people are talking about you gotta take a break. <laughs> and um, I sometimes you gotta take a break. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you gotta okay, yeah. I have these milestones, I have these goals, but I gotta know for myself when I need to take a break. Yeah. When I need to set a boundary for myself. So, um, with a good, healthy mixture of hustle and grind. Yeah. So, I like that. I like and the, I think that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, that was really it. I think you know <laughs> we touched on some good things. I know. I just always get so excited when you when we talk. I'm like, oh, I have an idea. Yeah, um, I love that you brought it to being an entrepreneur too, because um, that was you know to tie it back to the imposter syndrome. That was something that I was sitting with just recently. I shared a little bit with you offline too about this. Um, you know, being a leader, being an entrepreneur, having a business and having people that you're working with. And I've been, you know, ever since I started my business of Nomad, I've, I've had um, challenges with that, you know, I really would love for it to be a co-creation. And as opposed to people working for me. And And it's just something I don't really know what to say right here. I'm just putting it. I'm just putting it here right now. Um, But it's it's something that I've been looking at with with going along with what you just said, the grind and the space, because especially when I have people that I'm working with, it's like, oh, I should probably always be working if they're working that I should be working, too. And that's just sort of the mentality that I have of um and not know that, oh, okay, it's okay, even though we are co-creating and they're not just working, quote unquote, working for me. Um, I also need that space to create, right? Because as part of my job description is being the creator of something. So that is time and space to just be and create and go for the run. Like I don't do running, but yeah, like <laughs> what you were saying, of like going and taking a break and running and not feeling like you have to listen to music or a podcast or something, just being with your thoughts is also part of that creative process for us mm-hmm. as um, business owners or um, mentors or writers. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel? I like that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't, um, you know, I don't want to, we could like with anything that we talk about, we could, that can go down so many other. I know. But when it comes to taking a break, like I think we're, you know, 
in this conversation. I think we we talked about pretty a good amount of stuff here. I know. I think and, we did too. Man, and this would be a good place for us to take a break. Yes, and take a break, and you know, let this podcast be listened to by you know whoever whoever can be inspired and, and gain value from it. So I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking about our process and and our our, our hurdles that we're trying to that we're overcoming, not trying to, but are overcoming. Yeah, and, you know, I'm excited to see the end result. I am too. I love that you said that, that it was time for us to take a break because I felt that too. And yeah, I will invite anybody who's listening to after you're done, just take a break. Maybe just take um, at least five minutes if that's possible to have just space of stillness in some way, not go on to the next podcast or the next task of the day. If you could just sit and take a break. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, anything else coming up, Anthony, that we want to let people know about, or just remind them how to get in touch with you? Um, right now I'm just working, I'm working on some workshops on, you know, you know, uh, kind of enhancing the workshop that I already do on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, I always have my my effective teens workshop that, that I love to do. And uh, I tell people you can always, I, what I love to do really when I, if I'm working with an organization, I'm trying to do a workshop or something like that. Um, along with the personalized coaching that I do, I like to really work with an organization and find out what your needs are. What do you, what are your leadership, um, you know, struggles and, and that you're dealing with unless, you know, specific to your organization, let's create something specific for you Yeah. to an easy organization. And I can create a telemate workshop for that. Just like, cause you, cause you want to make sure people are getting, their needs met yeah. and not just giving them some kind of cookie cutter thing. So, but yeah, I'm just keep, I'm just, you know, continuously working. So you can always reach out to me on my website, yeah. continuousjourneyllc.com. And I do free consultations and Hey, let's work. Let's work together. Yes. And I want to, I meant to say this earlier because um, I think it's important, especially what we're talking about imposter syndrome today is, you know, I did this somatic practice, um, about two months ago, I think. And it was just this whole inner dialogue. I won't go through it right now. Maybe I'll do it as like a separate podcast with a little exercise, but it was, and I think I told you a little bit about it, but it was like looking at that, that story that you were telling, you know, mine was, I am lonely. And then it went through like the sensations, the the feelings, the, the thoughts, the belief systems, and it, it kind of unraveled. So this whole somatic practice I did was like, it unraveled it. But at the end of it, it was, um, fine, you know, now implement a healthy resource to help you with that that disbelief, that belief of I'm lonely. So I reached out to you and I said, hey, when I'm feeling a little triggered, I'm going to text you and and you have to respond and tell me how awesome I am. <laughs> so every once in a while, I text you specifically and say, okay, I need it. And then you always write me these really amazing texts about how awesome I am. And so first of all, I want to just acknowledge you for being so awesome and helping me and being one of my healthy resources, but also for other people out there, if they have, you know, that imposter syndrome sort of in their head again, you know, have a healthy resource, whether it's a friend like Anthony, maybe even Anthony, just reach out. He gives really great texts. (laughs) 
No, but find somebody that you you love and trust and and um, just say, hey, I'm having a day. Can you just acknowledge me? That's, I think, what I just say to you is, can you just acknowledge me? And um, it's been really helpful. Uh, you've been really helpful during those little moments where I am questioning myself as a as a person doing things <laughs> that might be as an imposter. And I appreciate you saying all those things. And, you know, it hasn't been like a one-sided affair, you know? So like, you know, you've been supportive and helpful to me as well. You all, you're just a very mindful person. So um, I don't think that you're like, you're just, you're just like taking from me or anything like that because no. that's not happening here. <laughs> and so like, so yeah, that goes both ways. So I hope the people in your community and with Nomad and Tribe and everything, they, they uh, understand that how mindful you are, how much you care about people. Oh. And you know, we'll keep we'll keep doing this. Yeah. Just, this is what this is why we this is why we we're in this in this business. I know. I'm so grateful. I love you, my friend. And um, right. we'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. So I hope you enjoyed our time with Anthony. It's now for you to take a little break, but right before you do one little ask here is if you're hanging out at Apple podcasts, leave us a review. We'd love, love, love to hear what you have to say. How does this episode resonate with you? And if you're anywhere else and you want to subscribe, please do. You'll get updates every Tuesday. This is when our live when we go live with our podcasts and share this with a friend. If you know somebody who is kind of going through this idea of imposter syndrome or not quite knowing how to fit in or belong, that really more of belonging, send this. Maybe this will resonate with them. And we would love to see you at our next community event. Again, March 3rd from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be discussing and giving you practical tools to dig into spiritual spirituality to rise beyond by spiritual bypassing. And we have other things happening over in Nomadland. Go ahead, check us out, visit. We'd love to see you. I'm also now hanging out at Clubhouse. So find me there. I will be doing some live rooms there and sharing these kinds of talks all the time. So I'll see you all, my friends. Now, take a break.